We've been in the book of Galatians, or the lead, Paul's letter of Galatians, and the theme has been live free. And freedom is an interesting word. Do you know that in the world, in recent weeks, there has been a rash of demonstrations and protests? Some of them featured on the news, like Hong Kong, but there are many countries, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Ecuador, Chile. Um, um, can, you, can you name any others? There's, there's been, uh, yeah? For what? Oh, the country. Is there a country? DACA? What is Oh, okay. So there, there's, a, there's a, an unrest in the world. There's a stirring in the world for freedom. There's a cry in men's and women's hearts, even down to, obviously, to school-age kids, because we know that we are not free when, there, when we are being oppressed, when there is something that is dominating and taking away our freedom. And one of the prayers that Paul said to pray for those in authority is that we would be able to live godly lives in peace, free from the fear of evil. But many people in the world live under a fear of evil. Many Christians are persecuted. If you read stories of what's going on in India and China, in places in the Middle East, in Asia, we... Somebody, I think it was Wilma, prayed, thank you for the freedom, or Gloria. Somebody prayed, thank you for the freedom we have to worship. May we never take that for granted, and may we remember those who are in chains as if in chains with them. God help us to do that. So what is, what is freedom? How would you characterize freedom? Because we have great freedom, don't we, in this country? We have the Bill of Rights, freedom of press, freedom to gather, freedom of voting, freedom to uh, confront our accuser face to face. We have all kinds of freedoms. But I want to suggest to you that living free is not about me. Living free is about living in God. It's not me living my life free. I don't just make up my mind, I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free. Because that can easily turn into what? A riot, rebellion, anarchy. I'm going to be free. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Now there is, as Richard and Pastor Nick has been talking, there is that side of us that when we hear, don't, don't, don't get in that cookie jar now while I go in the other room, <laughs> that it stirs up the desire to get in the cookie jar. The law stirs that up in us. But freedom comes in God. And I put that scripture on your outline. The Jerusalem which is on high, the spiritual Jerusalem, Zion, the church that is on high, that is already in the presence of God, is truly what? Free. They're not tied, dominated, oppressed, persecuted, there's no penalty of sin, there's no presence of sin. They are completely free. We, on the other hand, are in warfare. That's the church at rest. We are the church militant. The church militant 
is engaged in a warfare against the flesh, the world, and the devil. So you might say, well, we're not really free if we're engaged in a war. But then the scripture says, but he who is free in Christ is free indeed. The spirit of God is where our freedom is, brothers and sisters. Not in, you know, Christianity makes a terrible religion. It's been said, Christianity is a bad religion because it's not a bunch of rules. It's not a bunch of things. Do this and you'll be saved. Do this and you'll be righteous. It doesn't work like that. Christianity doesn't achieve freedom by doing or not doing. Christianity offers you Jesus. And Jesus, from the Father, gives us the Spirit of God. Our freedom is in the Spirit. Our freedom is in God. So, freedom is rooted in God. So this is not a how-to message. I don't want to talk about, here's how to have love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness in your life. Because two th one of two things would happen. Either we would try to have love, joy, peace, patience in our life and get frustrated. Or we'd say, I don't want to do that. And we would just back away. But if we, if we can draw near to God, if we can draw near to God and by faith receive Jesus into our heart in a more fuller way by his Holy Spirit in us, then he will bring freedom to us in a deeper way. So this message is more about contemplating God. It's more about thinking about God. And that's why I gave you those scriptures about the Spirit in the book of Galatians. Because if you just meditate in those scriptures, if you just spend time thinking about our relationship to God by the Spirit, I think it will help. I think it will help renew our minds, and I think it will help our faith, and I think we'll feel more free. So Paul's letter was not about how to keep the law, even though the law, the word, occurs 24 times in the book of Galatians, because that would be me trying to be like God. And we know how that ended up in the garden. Like Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? <laughs> That's not working so good. Now, who's the most free person in the world? Yeah, God, right? I mean, the only, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're free, right? But Jesus lived his whole life in submission to the Father. So how is that free? Is freedom really living in self-denial and submission to God? Can that really be freedom? Have you experienced that? There's a little phrase that's been rolling around in my, in my mind for a couple of months since I read a little book about abandonment to God. Surrender is the victory. Surrender to God is really the victory. Not trying to be in control, not trying to figure it out, not trying to understand, not trying to be like God, but surrendering to God. So may God help us to surrender to him. God is the most free person, and Paul said, in him we live and move and have our being. And our union is by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, true freedom is, as Richard was talking about last week, walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. But what in the world does that mean? Walking in the Spirit. Does that mean 
Ooh. Oh, I feel like I should come over here. That's just weird, isn't it? However, however, I have seen people and I myself have done some pretty weird things when the Holy Spirit was moving on me. Richard, you've seen some pretty weird things, haven't you, when the Holy Spirit moved on people. So here's my question. Are you willing to be embarrassed if the Holy Spirit asked you to do something? If you felt the Holy Spirit, how do you feel the Holy Spirit? How do you know when God is near to you or asking you to do something or moving on your heart? How do you tell? Peace, that's a good one. Joy. Hands get warm. Probably want to go pray for somebody when that happens. How else? How, how do you feel? How do you know? It's God present. Alyssa, how do you know when God is near to you doing something? I know you have an answer because I ask you every Wednesday night. What do I ask you? Every Wednesday night I ask you what? Yeah, or what is God saying to you? I ask you, what is God saying to you? And she always says, you know God is with you because he speaks to you in your heart. He puts his thoughts in your thoughts. Now, a lot of times we don't know that it's God. We just think, well, maybe that was a good idea, or maybe that was my idea, or I don't know if that was a good idea or not. Maybe that wasn't from God. Maybe that was from the devil. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe. You know, and we get all confused and just, just relax. Just relax. God lives in you. Is God able to put his thoughts in your mind? Oh, yeah. Is God able to stir your heart? How many of you get goosebumps sometimes? Goosebumps? Go uh, chills up and down the back of your neck? Hair stand up on the, on the side? These are just physical sensations. How many of you get stuff like that? I do. Anybody kind of jerk like that every once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not the only one. I've seen Richard do it, too. I think you've heard me tell this story when I was a young Christian and just filled with the Holy... Here, can I hold your hand? I would, we would... When we, we would... I'm not, I'm not being weird, really. Um, um, and we would, <laughs> we would get in a circle, you know, and people always wanted to hold hands. I don't know why people want to hold hands when you get in a circle to pray. And then something would happen to me when we would start to pray, and I'd go like that. Well, the person who was holding my hand would look at me... Are you okay? I said, ooh, did you feel, oh, chilly. It's just chilly in here because I had no idea what was going on. I think I've shared that story before. Look, God's spirit moves on it. He moves. Say, he moves. He moves. The spirit of God moved on the face of the water. Out of the chaos, darkness, and nothingness, God spoke. The spirit created the word was made real and manifest. Something was made out of nothing. You were made out of nothing. Well, we were made out of nothing. You, 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 I mean, you were all born, so. You, but God initiated you being born, giving you an eternal soul. He did that. God put a soul in you and he taps on that soul he taps on it he whispers in it he moves in it and he calls you to him so you will be joined with him and feel his love and 
know his word and want more of him? Do you want more of God? Because if you want to walk in the spirit, you're going to have to want to move. And you want to know how he's moving so you can move with him. A lot of the church, can, excuse me, can I say a lot of the church doesn't go here. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can have a study. We can have a song. We can have encouragement. But where we're going right now is someplace much more threatening. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's much more threatening because the Holy Spirit will. I don't know what he'll want to do with you. I don't know where he'll put you or how he'll move you. But I guarantee he has a plan and it will be good, although it may be hard. Let me see where we are. True freedom is in surrender to God. Consider the man to whom God gave the law, whose name was Moses, Moses on Mount Sinai. Sinai. And God said, come on up here, Moses. And Moses goes up. And he's got the, you know, the tablets, not aspirin, but you know, <laughs> he's, got, he's got these stone tablets. And, and God says, uh, he says to God, in Exodus 33 and 34, he says, you've not shown me who's going to go with us. And he says, if, if you don't go with us, we're not going. If your presence doesn't go with us and lead us, we, don't give us an angel. We've got to have you present with us. And, and by the way, I don't even know what you look like. I saw that burning bush, but... What are you like? I want to know you. He said, all right, Moses, come here. And he hides him in the rock. And he, and he goes by and he lets Moses have a glimpse of him. And, and he describes God, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes children and their children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation. Are there consequences of love? There are consequences of love. I can either respond to love or reject love, but there are consequences. But that is necessary if love is going to be real. If love is going to be real, there is also justice. There is also redemptive judgment to draw us back to God by the fear of God. So these are all expressions of God's love. Mitch, aren't there about 50 ways of translating the word hesed, the Hebrew word? About 50? More like 40? Goodness, faithfulness, covenant mercy, loving kindness, patience, forbearance. Gee, it sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. You see, the fruit of the... Well, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> Consider Moses. He pleaded with God, and God revealed himself to him just, to, just to, in a small way, in a little bit. And that was enough for Moses. He was able to go on and lead the people, knowing that God was with them. You can follow God. You can follow God. He is with you. He lives in your spirit. The Bible tells us that God is love. St. Thomas Aquinas called God the great 
mover. Everything that moves is moved by him. A related question I, I ask people sometimes, what's moving in you? When we had a master's commission for seven years, we were discipling post-high school young adults. They lived, lived in our homes, didn't they, Ron and Sandy? And, and they, they lived in our homes, and, and uh, we, they, uh, we, we shared life together in a discipleship mode. And when, we would get to, when I would have one-on-one -on -one time with them, I would ask them, I would go like this, and they'd look at me and say, what's moving in you? The daily examine we've talked about in the past where we ask, God, how are you present to me today? And did I, did I respond to the good and did I reject the bad? You see, everything alive moves. Things are constantly in motion. Otherwise, they would be dead. So we have the opportunity to ask ourselves, what's moving in me? Or what is God saying? Like I ask Alyssa every Wednesday night. Listen, brothers and sisters, when the spirit ceases moving, our breath stops and our body dies. The scripture says when he withdraws the breath from the animals, they die. If God is not moving in our spirits, we're spiritually dead. If we are unfeeling, unresponsive, or, or hardened, if we are resistive or, or rebellious toward God, we are not going to experience his life. We're going to be in conflict. So I could just as easily ask you, not maybe what is God saying to you, but what are you feeling? Because your feelings are, are, help you unlock what God is saying to you. Your feelings help you think about what you're thinking. Here's an old question. What did you do first thing when you woke up today? Opened your eyes? Praised God? What did you do first thing? <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. Who did not think when you woke up. Could you get up without thinking? No, 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 no. Now, wait a minute. You think about that. When you wake up to... Well, you... I'll, I'll bet when you wake up tomorrow morning, you may not be conscious of thinking about something, but I'll guarantee you, your, your brain has activity. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't wake up, right? So your, your brain is having activity. You have to get up. Have to get up. <laughs> or hit the snooze button, right? Okay. All right. So, so Thomas said that the mover is God, and God is moving you. He's moving in, every, in all the world. We used to sing a song, God is moving by his spirit, move Oh, God in me, uh, I left out a lot. Moving in all the world, God, uh, by his spirit, God is moving. Move, oh, Lord, in me. Amen. All that moves is alive. All that has life has spirit. 
And when God withdraws the spirit, it's dead. And when we don't have anything moving in us, we are hollow men and women. So I encourage you. What are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Those can help you recognize that God is moving. Now, when I was a kid, my dad had this great big radio. It was like this. And it was a ham radio thing. It, you could turn the dial and pick up CB. We didn't have a speaker, so I couldn't speak. But if you, but if you turn the dial just right, you could, you could listen in and you could get something. But, you know, nowadays everything is digital, right? So you push the button and you got that station. Push the button, you got that station. But, if, but it, you know, we used to have to fine-tune it. Some of you are, you know, remember doing that. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you got to fine-tune the dial sometimes. And that's why Kendra leads us in singing. It helps to fine-tune the dial. And I'll guarantee you, if you sing on your way here, if you give God thanks, like Linda said, praising Him when you get up in the morning, that'll fine-tune your dial, and you'll be more aware and more sensitive to how God is moving in you. Now, the world, the flesh, and the devil, they're always, you know, they got their stations too. We got to change the channel from that, right? We don't want that influence. There are many voices. There are many spirits. There are bad spirits. Everybody understand that. There are bad spirits. There are angels that, are, that fell from heaven, kicked out of heaven, demons, and they are around. But there are good spirits. There are good angels. My wife has a vision. Do you want to share that now? Why don't you share that now? Because she's had this several times. Um, three weeks ago on Sunday morning, um, our oldest son is struggling with something, and God spoke to me very clearly to pray a hedge of protection around his mind and his heart. So I saw a warrior angel, a huge warrior angel with full armor, the sword of the spirit, and um, and I saw this demon on the ground, and he had his foot on the throat of this demon. And this demon was just thrashing around, um, but couldn't get loose. The interesting thing about it is, when my son would call, I would be an emotional wreck for hours after his phone calls. The next three phone calls I've had from him... Hi, Mom. How are you doing today? Um, it's, I feel like I'm talking to a different person when he calls now. Um, so I'm very aware of that demon on his throat. Well, not only did I see that demon, but I saw beyond what I could see this way and this way and this way, warrior angels waiting to take his place, just in case he got tired or, you know, um, anyway, so we come last Saturday night to Kendra's worship night, and I'm praying for my son, and then started thinking about my other kids and going, why should all of those angels just stand there doing nothing? So I said, okay, you go war on this child's behalf and my husband's behalf. And then I said, golly, I have a church family that's as important as... So you go war 
on them. And um, so I have been praying. I, I pray for you by name um, in order. I just go round and round. Um, anyway, I have been praying warrior angels to come and fight on your behalf. Now, the, the, that's the upside of it. What I'm dealing with then is, so Wednesday morning, I'm driving out to Larissa's and I'm just, you know, having a heyday in the car, um, you know, praying and, and loud and on the way home, again, the, the spiritual attack from that hit me. Um, so, you know, I swing, I swing emotionally because depending on where I'm at, it is a battle for me to pray for you, but it is an honor for me to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you Lord. God is moving by his spirit, moving in all the world. Uh, Lord, you got he's he's, God is free. He's the source of all life, all movement, all truth, all word, all spirit. Everything comes from him. So we talked about the law and trying to keep the law. We talked about the works of the flesh. If we can discern the source of something, oh, that doesn't sound, that doesn't seem like, that doesn't move me in the direction toward God. Then, God help me to reject this. God help me to discern what's moving and then to move it out. And give me angelic help to move it out. What are some signs? I asked you how you could tell when God is moving in you. How do you know when evil is coming against you? How do you know? How can you tell? Go ahead. What? Anger. Yeah, kind of a narcissistic anger, uh, 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 an, an unrighteous anger. Okay, doubt. Uh, doubts that lead to un unbelief. When Sean was here, he said there's a difference between having a doubt that leads to a question that leads to faith. Yeah. Depression, thank you. One of the great tools of the enemy. It's discouragement, dismay, division that is caused by depression, turning inward, guilt that is turned inward into depression and, di and dividing us. Loneliness. I'm sorry? Our, our, and our, uh, the internal expert is arguing with God's word. <laughs> I'm sorry? Did God really say that? All right, here's a couple of things I wrote down. Um, angry outbursts, speaking division or gossip, impure, unclean fantasies, selfish envy, prideful comparisons, fearful anxieties, addictive behaviors and vices, idolatry, which is in the New Testament, translated greed in Ephesians 4, uh, witchcraft, which even in the Old Testament was compared to stubbornness and re a reliance upon any other power than God, which would include ourselves. I just went through the works of the flesh, but put them in different words. Of course, 
Anytime I am refusing to humble myself before God and surrender to Him, I'm relying on the flesh. So we must learn to pause, to pray, listen, to wait, and to ask, what, where is this coming from and what direction is it going? Would you repeat those two questions? Where is this coming from and what direction is it going to move me? If you'll ask yourself those two questions, it might save you and others some, some issues. The daily examine. Michael said weeks ago that when we're trying to do what we should do under our own compulsion and soul strength, it's very exhausting, isn't it? It's just exhausting. Can you say, yeah, oh me, instead of amen, we'll say, oh me. But when you are at rest in God's spirit and he's moving you, even if it's difficult, even if there's resistance and warfare, there is grace and there can be a, a lift. There can be an uplift. There can be a breath of, of life in you in the midst of what is difficult and what is scary or depressing. You have something that is moving in you. It's God moving in you. An ancient prayer I often pray is simply this. Lord, I ask the grace to be more aware of you each present moment. Respond to the good and reject the bad. A very simple prayer. Now, I want to talk to you just for a minute about what goes on in our physical bodies with movement. Because again, if there's nothing moving in here, we're dead, right? All right, every time you take a step, walk, if we walk, say we walk in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, Paul wrote in Galatians. Okay, every time you take a step, do you know what's happening in your body? You are what? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, look at me, I'm off balance. Every time you take a step, you're off balance. Now, your balance may be very good, and you don't even think about it. It's unconscious, but you are off balance. When that one foot comes up and you're moving forward, if you don't keep moving forward and put that foot in front of you, you're going to fall down. You are out of balance every time you move. The blood in you goes uh, from the heart. It's pumped to go throughout the whole body. And uh, is that the arteries that collect the waste and the carbon dioxide and take it back to the pump, which pumps... Um, Thank you. Spoken by our, what do you call it when you draw blood? Phlebotomist. Uh, phlebotomist. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. The arteries carry oxygenated blood. The, from the lungs through the heart, boom, boom. The veins return the deoxygenated, the carbon dioxide, and pick up waste. And that goes, that goes out through our body. Well, that's going on inside your body every time your heart pumps moving. Life is going in and waste is going out. We step, we walk out of balance. There's a, there's a tension in our body in the cleansing and renewing. And guess what? In the spirit, there is a cleansing. There's a moving. If the spirit of God moves in, darkness has to move out. And the Spirit of God breathes into you, bad thoughts are confronted. 
The word of God goes like a knife, the scripture says in Hebrews 4.12. And it begins to divide between soul and, go ahead, say it, spirit. And begin to clean out the stuff that needs to go. So if we have this tension in our physical body and we have this movement in our spiritual life, if we yield to that, then we can be more filled with the Holy Spirit and we can be more moving and walking in the Holy Spirit. But we remember my T-shirt that said Spirit Man on it? You got to do some things to get mighty in spirit. Richard gave us some last week. Anybody remember anything that Richard said last week? If you do this, it'll help you to become mighty in spirit. Build up your spirit, man. What was one of them? Anybody? Read God's word. Take it in. Feed it. Let dwell richly in you. Meditate in it. Good. What else? Pray. Num yeah. <laughs> yeah, pray. Absolutely. Thank you. Pray. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you grow, grow, grow. Do you know that song? And you grow, grow, grow. You grow, grow, grow. Neglect your Bible. Forget to pray and you shrink, shrink, shrink. And you shrink, shrink, shrink. And you shrink, shrink, shrink. That's what happens to your spirit, man. See your, Richard said, see yourself made new. Anybody look in the mirror this week and say, you're new, you're new, you're new. You've got a new spirit. You have new words, new thoughts, new mind. If you would go home and do that, I guarantee you, it can do something and help renewing your mind. If you take some of those verses out of Galatians and look in the mirror and say, I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to live in the spirit because God lives in me. He's alive in me. Begin to confess the word of God and, 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 and meditate in the word of God. See yourself made new, empowered by grace, having victory over sins and the works of the flesh. Not trying to do it, but accepting it, surrendering to what God has done in you. Number four, he said, acknowledge my own sins. Walk in repentance and the cleansing of sin. Richard quoted this in Romans. I'm, I'm saved. I, I have been saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. I have been delivered. I'm being delivered. It's an ongoing, continuing work of God because he's moving in us. He's moving us. When Pastor Nick started the meeting, he said, God, move in us. He didn't use the word, but he said it. God, move in us so that we'll move. Speak in us so we'll speak. Equip us so we will go. When Sean was here, he said, we don't do mission. You are mission. You live mission. You have to deny who you are to not be showing and revealing and speaking and sharing Christ with somebody through your life. The other thing Richard said last week, I have a body, but I'm not just a body. I can have a cold in my body, but I'm not a cold. In other words, I might tell some half truth. I might even tell a lie, but that does not make me a liar. Do you understand? The truth about me is I've been born again. I belong to God and I'm being remade in his image as I behold him and contemplate him. I said I wanted this message to be about God, about him as the source, the mover, he who is free. So I have an old nature, but I'm not controlled by it. It's not my identity now. I am spiritual. I am regenerated. I have a new nature. So here... 
probably be my last point. What is the fruit of the Spirit? And what is it not? You ever think about that? We sing the song, Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we walk in the Spirit, let us step. Keep in step. Anyway, what is the, what is the fruit of the Spirit? All right, tell you what, let's go a different way. What is it not? What is the fruit of the Spirit not? Well, it's not the works of the flesh. We all agree with that, right? Yeah. It's not the works of the flesh. It's not me trying to do what's right, nor me choosing to do what's wrong. Obviously, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not like a store shelf, which I can go and say, oh, I'll take some of this today. No, how much does that cost? No, <laughs> can't afford that today. This is, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. I don't go down the row and choose this or choose that. Okay? It's not something. The fruit of the Spirit is not like a scorecard. Let's see. Faithfulness. How am I doing on faithfulness? Oh, about a, out of ten. Uh, a five. <laughs> How am I doing on patience? Oh, minus. <laughs> that's not the fruit of the Spirit. And that's not how you get it. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the what? The fruit of the spirit. Okay, is it my fruit? No, it's him. Listen, God doesn't develop or cultivate or get better at the fruit of the spirit through his life experience. Everybody hear what I'm saying? He is love. He is peace. He's our peace. The Bible says he's our peace. He is joy. He's our joy. You want the fruit of the Spirit? You want God. Be in God. That's how you will manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because it's who he is. He's the mover. He's free. He lives in you. Yield, surrender, meditate on him. Dwell in him. Abide in him. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about more than just good character traits developed over a long period of time through life experience. We're talking about God. It's His fruit. It's His Spirit. It's His nature. It's who He is. So to walk in the Spirit is to walk in God. To be free is to be free in God. To yield to Him. Release to Him. Let go. God didn't just create. He is creation. You were not just something made separately from God. You and I are relationship with God. Again, I'm quoting Thomas Aquinas. There's much more to us than just this thing over here trying to get to God. We're in relationship with God. Our spirit is in union with him. Un indivisible. I am, he says of himself, what an awesome miracle that God can show himself by moving in you every day in all kinds of ways. 
and we can live free. So love, joy, peace, patience, not something we're trying to make any more than the works of the law and the flesh are something we're trying hard not to do. It's not that tension when I talk about walking. It's reliance, it's trust, it's belief. It's seeing by faith. He's ahead of me. He's behind me. He's beside me. He's within me. I pray some of St. Patrick's prayer almost every morning for me and family members and for, often for you. Christ in me. Christ above me. Christ in front of me. It's a powerful prayer called the breastplate prayer of protection. And you just go through it. You're, you're contemplating who he is and who he is in us. So all the way through the letter of Galatians, we have this theme of turning our center away from us and into God, into his spirit. The fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is the life of God in us. The fruit and the freedom. We don't ask for love. We are in love, brothers and sisters. We don't ask for peace. We are in God's peace. And everywhere we go, he can make us peacemakers. He can make us lovers of others. The only thing I would say in a practical expression or application of that is, thank God he's not working on everything at the same time. You know, you're doing pretty good on uh, patience, but the, the other eight... You're really, really bad at. No, he say, today, it's patience. And probably will be tomorrow and the next day and the next day. He's probably going to work with us in one area to manifest himself. Does that make sense? So don't focus on the other eight that you're messing up on. Focus on the one where he is expressing himself to you and giving himself to you and revealing himself to others. That's enough to focus on, really. That's enough to be aware of where I'm missing it. He'll help us. He'll help us. And by the way, along that line, if I hold up a piece of paper and I put a, a little X down here in the corner, what are you focusing on? The X. But look at all that white paper. Focus on his righteousness in you. Focus on his freedom, his life in you. Don't focus on the little X. Quickly ask God to forgive you, to help you, and to continue to show his freedom in you. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Richard or Nick?